Hello and welcome to the new first episode of the new podcast, The Nature of Avatar. My name is Otis and today we're going to be looking at the Fire Nation and how they are so similar yet so different to the country of Iceland. Now, in this episode I'm going to look at a few things. Firstly, the Fire Nation, just respectively in the Avatar world. And then secondly, at how the Fire Nation and Iceland are so similar. Then I'm going to look at Iceland in general and look at how they are quite dissimilar. And as always, stay tuned. On with the show. So the Fire Nation is situated on the east, if you look at a map of the Avatar world. And they are a nation primarily consisting of benders that can bend fire. Firebenders. People born with the ability to manipulate that given element. Therefore, they can, i.e., blast fire out of their hands or legs. Now, the Fire Nation played a pretty crucial role in the Hundred Years' War. They are very, very guilty of the entire genocide of the Air Nomads. But later, under the reign of Fire Lord Zuko and later Fire Lord Azumi, they were a hub for benders from all over the world and um, definitely the pinnacle of the Industrial Revolution. Now, one thing that's interesting as the Fire Nation is that the Fire Nation royal monarchy and the Fire Lord wasn't always the um, ruling power in the Fire Nation. The Fire Nation used to be just this cluster of islands that are really just ruled by literal chieftains. For instance, the Sun Warriors were one of the ancient power holders until, with the help of the Earth Kingdom, Fire Lord Zoyuru became the first monarch over the entire nation. Now, one thing that was bad about this is that then the Fire Lords after him sort of gained this very big control, almost like modern-day China has over its citizens, that kind of puts them under pressure and makes them feel a bit like slaves. They were very controlling, and this led to the kind of melting pot for the Hundred Years' War, where Fire Lord Sozin, we all know the story, was kind of tempted and established colonies in the Earth Kingdom, and later nearly took over the world without the help of Avatar Aang, to stop him. Um, that's mostly the most important stuff of the Fire Nation until afterwards, under the reign of Fire Lord Azumi at the time of Avatar Korra, they helped in, they sent in troops to help stop Kuvira and Mako, a firebender, though not from Fire Nation origin, his mother would have been, was played a key role in helping the new Avatar establish her Avatarni avatarness over the world um yeah that's i think that's the most important stuff about the fire nation there are hundreds of youtube videos um i would recommend the channel hello future me um and then the avatar fandom if you want to find out more but on with the show now let's look at the fire nation and iceland from a geological point of view so before creating season three the creators of the show, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Kanetsko, actually went to visit Iceland because they knew that they wanted the f- geography of the Fire Nation to look somewhat like Iceland. For, from a geological standpoint, 
Iceland is a very, very young country, still in the midst of its own creation, like the Fire Nation, shaped by the forces of nature. The barren landscapes demonstrate the creativity powers of the four basic elements, earth, air, fire and water, in a dramatic way. Active volcanoes, bright green valleys, glacier-cut fords, black sand beaches and roaring rivers are the most distinctive features of the Icelandic and Fire Nation landscape. And although they are very accessible, they still remain virtually untouched by human civilization. Now, this is actually quite different to the Fire Nation, who often, like we see in the Painted Lady, take advantage of these natural things to build factories. But in a fast-paced world of sprawling development, Iceland's pure nature and empty expanses stand out as a luxury, contradicting the Fire Nation's grimy industrial side with only a few spots of untouched nature. Finally, it's time to look at the actual nature of Iceland. From, like I said earlier, despite the name, ice only covers around 10% of the land, but still represents the largest glaciers left in Europe. It represents a source of pure water and symbolises the purity of Icelandic products. Icelanders themselves are proud of their close ties to nature, unlike the Fire Nation, and dedicated to preserving this natural wealth through responsible conservation. According to the Environmental Performance Index, created by the World Economic Forum in 2012, Iceland is the world's greenest country. They are at a forefront of renewable energy production, and nearly every home in the country is supplied with heating and energy from a renewable energy source. They have also made a commitment to responsible fisheries management and incentive programmes to reduce fossil fuel-driven transportation through the use of hydrogen and methane. And, as I said earlier, the Iceland itself is forced by these like huge powers of nature, creating the incredible landscape, which then becomes, as it's untouched mostly by humans, a hub for wildlife and uh, conservation which is why Iceland is such like a beautiful country. And the way that the creators of the show, Dante and Di Martino, sorry, Michael, Dante, Di Martino and Brian Canetsko, they took this and they gave it that like trademark tint that makes it that bit more grimy, but to fit in perfectly in the world of Avatar. That's all we have for this episode. But until next time, stay tuned. Bye!